Well, happy Mother's Day, Amplified Church. We are so glad that you joined us today. And never in a million years would we have guessed that we would miss Easter and now Mother's Day meeting together. But I'm thankful that we can meet like this. And we're hopeful to get back together at some point, hopefully maybe Father's Day, the most important holiday of the year. Uh, but, and I know all the dads said amen, but nobody really cares about us. But we're, we're here today, Crystal and I, my beautiful wife and I, are going to talk to you about a family, and we're going to especially speak to moms today. Uh, throughout today, we're going to give a chance for moms of Amplified Church to give insight to some questions that we ask, and we hope that you find this encouraging. Uh, Crystal, what would be a question we would ask a mom? Well, the first question, Amplify Moms, is what is the best mom gift that you've ever been given? So for instance, I just got a awesome mom gift. In February for Valentine's Day, Philip surprised me with a Dyson vacuum cleaner, the one with all the pieces and parts and accessories. And I was so excited. And Wyatt actually had a friend over and he was like, I don't understand. What, why is your mom so, why is she so excited? And Wyatt kind of sheepishly was like, um, she got a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and I realized in that moment that I'd reached a new level of momhood. Yeah. And what would have got me in trouble at 20 now gets me cool points at 40. It's true. It's true. So Amplify Moms, what is the best mom gift you've ever been given? Tina, we'll start with you. So my favorite mom gift would have to be anything that my kids drew or wrote for me when they were really small. Like something like this, where their handwriting um, looks like a little preschooler. The best mom gift that I've ever received was when Morgan was a newborn and our friend Jessica took our newborn pictures for us as a gift. My favorite Mother's Day gift would be the times that we've gone to Disney World during Mother's Day. The first time was when Caroline was two, um, before Claire was born, and then the second time was before Christian was born when Claire and was about four years old. It was so much fun. The best mom gift I've ever gotten is from my daughter Lila a few years ago. Um, she painted a flower pot and planted a flower in it, and every year we get to watch it grow back, and um, she calls it Mommy's Plant, which is pretty cool. Perfect, you guys. We love that. That was awesome. Here's a second question. If you had a whole day to yourself, which we know is crazy for moms, but if you had a whole day to yourself, what would you do? Tammy, can you take the lead on this? If I had an entire day to myself, I would start out by a nice brunch, and then I would go shopping. Um, and then I would probably grab a nice dinner on the way home and come home and watch Netflix and Pinterest all evening. If I had a whole day by myself, I would most definitely use it to catch up on sleep. And then if there was time left over, I would ask my husband to take me out on a baby free date. If I had a whole day to myself, I would sleep in past six. I would drink a whole cup of coffee without having to reheat it once in the microwave. I would take a nap and then I would go to Target and wander around for as long as I can without being rushed, um, looking for things to buy that I don't necessarily need. If I had a whole day to myself, I would have these things. Coffee, probably a workout of some sort, maybe. Um, food that I did not cook myself, and a nap. So it's Mother's Day, and this brings a lot of emotion. Some people love this day. Other people, um, it brings sorrow for them. Some people just try to survive the day. Crystal and I 
uh, had incredible homes that we grew up in. Our grandmothers have passed away, but our mothers are still alive. My mom's awesome. Her mom's awesome. She's a fantastic mother-in-law, and I'm thanking God for that. Amen, all the men said. But several, um, several here sitting today have lost moms, and so they may not bring the same excitement or it may bring a little bit of sorrow. Mm-hmm. Single moms, you, you're hustling just to survive another day, and who has time to celebrate? But we all come from a mom, and so we can be grateful for, at the very least, a mom. Uh, my mom recently was cleaning out. Um, she had given me some pictures that she was cleaning out, uh, and she sent them to my kids. And, and, um, and you'll see these with me. That There was one of me when I was 10 years old, or 10 months old as my dad, and there was one that were jumping uh, off of a diving board. The back of it says, Philip jumping off diving board in Florida, 1983. <laughs> and we were at a hotel, apparently we couldn't afford a we couldn't afford a hotel, so it was a motel kind of deal, and, um, and I have a, a scary-looking uh, inflatable vest on. But, but I, I realized as my kids look through that, that um, moms and dads process things differently, <laughs> that there's a weight to parenting. Mm. And uh, spiritually, we would both hope that our kids would get saved and, and baptized and sanctified. But uniquely, dads kind of think of and look at things differently, I think. Like, we prep for the moment when we can finally prepare that kid to move out. Like, nobody wants mm. the 35-year-old in the basement, right? Or, or we're going to give them the, the ability to survive on their own, or we're going to be uh, preparing them to be capable on their own. But, but moms, they, they try to make everything okay. And looking through these pictures, they document everything, but they're not always in the pictures. Mm. And they hope not to screw that kid up from that one moment when they lost their mind and, and didn't handle it the way they wanted to. Or when the kid gets wayward, this gives mom these worry wrinkles. And Chris and I both know that moms carry a very unique weight. Yes. Yes, we do. So Amplify Moms, we have our next question for you. And that is, it's two questions. What is your hardest job as a mom? And then what is your most rewarding job as a mom? And Amanda, we'll start with you this time. The hardest job and the most rewarding job as a mom for me right now is actually the same thing. Um, It's being constantly needed. It's the hardest because it requires a lot of patience, um, can be exhausting, (laughs) and there's a lot of pressure and um, expectation you put on yourself. But it's actually also the most rewarding because it just shows that your children love you unconditionally. Um, and they are looking to you for guidance and direction and everything in their lives. And I know this season of life for a three and a one-year-old is very short. So one day I will really miss being needed this much. The hardest job I have as a mom is finding the time to do all the things. Nap time is never long enough. But the most rewarding job I have as a mom is getting to be that one person that she can always count on. I love the way that she smiles and looks at me. The hardest job about being a mom is um, making sure that you're having the hard conversations with your children and pouring into them um, to build the character that you want and pray for them to have. And the most rewarding job is when you see those things, um, you see those glimpses in your children of things that you have hoped for and prayed for. I would say the hardest job I've had as a mom is juggling everyone's schedule. Um, My husband and I all work and we have two girls and a boy and their schedules are completely different. Um, So I think that's probably my hardest job. 
Thank you. I love that. Thanks, ladies. So if you're like me, you probably feel like you live in a perpetual state of exhaustion, just kind of trying to balance everything, um, you know, washing the dishes, doing the laundry, keeping the kids alive, church events, school events, sports events, uh, events, jobs, whatever it is, it's hard to do all of that. And that's why I especially love this quote by um, Heidi St. John. She says, God knows the hearts of tired mothers intimately because he works the night shift with us. Not a single tear falls from our eyes that God is not intimately familiar with. And his word says, you, you know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Moms, God is familiar with you intimately. And that's especially encouraging to me because as we all know, parenting is not for the faint of heart. It's not. Recently, Chris and I had this experience. It was a Saturday. We were tired. Uh, we were taking a nap. And um, our son Griffin, who loves animals, when he was three, picked up a snake. And so ever since then, we've been trying to convince him you don't pick up snakes. Um, but he says, well, I did, so what's the problem? So he, he wakes Crystal up with a snake dangling over her head, dirt falling in the bed, and she lost her mind on him in a, in a very godly and good way. Oh, yeah, and he knew scary. it was time to get out of the bedroom and time to get out of the house. But parenting is not for the faint of heart. Ava, one time when she was sleepwalking, I didn't realize, but I was, I was in the, the, a deep sleep, and she was standing over me, like tapping my forehead, rubbing my face. And when I woke up, she had that that creepy stare going on. To this day, I still jump sometimes and think she's standing <laughs> over top of me, right? Like, so, but God wants to speak to us, encourage us, I think, when it comes to these, um, these moments of parenting and, and trying to get it right and sometimes getting it wrong. And the first mom, Eve, when we look at her story, the Bible tells us a couple things, that she was brought on as a helpmate to Adam, that he, it wasn't good for him to be alone, that she was brought on to, to literally worship the Lord with her life, and that she was to raise the children that, that were given her. And Genesis chapter four, verse one, gives us a very telling statement. It says this. She says, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Here's the big thought for moms. God trusts you to raise his children. Mm. He's trusts you to raise his children, which means one, you're not alone. God is with you, so you invite him into the process, whether the kid is a little tiny one or older or a teenager or a mentor or a foster kid or someone that you're just investing in. With the help of the Lord, you take a deep breath. You realize you're not alone and God is, is partnering with you. Eve honestly knew this at a soul level, that, that God was literally helping her to influence the next generation of people that he entrusted her with. Yes, and moms are positioned to be the most influential people in the world. I think above CEOs, pro athletes, politicians, moms, you are raising the future and that is influence. And every day, millions of people spend their days trying to gain influence. So recently I Googled the word influencer and it popped up with all these questions. Um, can I be an influencer? Um, how can I become a paid influencer? How many followers do I need to be an influencer? And moms, what I wanna say to you is that you only need one follower to be an influencer. And I know it may seem overwhelming to understand the powerful influence that you have as a mother. It may seem just like something else to add to your to-do list, like uh, make sure the homework's done, check. Get that laundry done, check. Make sure I'm being the influencer that I need to be for my children, check. But if you can just remember this one thing, that with everything that you have going on, all the things on your to-do to -do list, 
the one thing that you need to remember is that you only have one job, and that is to follow and stay close to the Creator. And all the other hats that you wear become better when you remember that one thing. And I think knowing the level of influence that mothers have, it's no wonder that Satan attacks and targets families. Um, And he's been targeting families since the beginning of time. He started with Eve. Um, And one of the ways he does that is through isolation. And um, Satan knew that if he could just pull Eve aside and isolate her, he could influence her to do anything that he wanted her to do. And um, he wants to get you alone. He wants to get all of us alone. And that's why we say, get into a community group. Join us on a prayer call on Thursdays. Um, Join the women's study. Uh, Men, join the the group that meets on Saturdays. And I would say this, moms, make every effort that you can to reach out to other moms and other women and help them to feel connected and welcome in your circles. Be intentional intentional about making connections. Um, Just don't let yourself become isolated. When, when one of our sons, both of our sons really, but our son Griffin, he, this is one of his, um, his toys, his tiger. We have to get this back home before he realizes we borrowed it because he would be mad. <laughs> but what we know, what we've noticed is when he's playing, when the, when, um, just like in actual wildlife, when Griffin is playing, he lines them all up to attack. Mm-hmm. And then after they have attacked, when they're being attacked, he circles them up around maybe the weak and the vulnerable. And one of the things that's true as you play with a toy like that, but also true in wildlife and in nature, but also true um, with the Christian and with the Christian life is that if by chance you are in a place where you're vulnerable or you are, um, you're weaker or you have just struggled, if you allow yourself to get pulled away from the pack, that's when you're in trouble. So, so it's, it's in the safety of the pack. It's as others surround you yeah. that God is allowed to continue to speak into your life and, and continue to, um, to grow you. Without, without this frustration and temptation of, of being pulled away at this time, you've got people helping you mm-hmm. stay in. And so the lone animal becomes the prey. And what we're saying is stay connected so that you don't find yourself alone, but find yourself in a body of believers who love you and are connecting with you yeah. and encouraging you. Yes. And it's because if the enemy's voice is the only one that you're listening to, he can so easily take you down and you don't even realize it until you're there. And I wonder how many moms feel isolated and alone and they don't reach out and let anyone know. So I want, I want to ask you, are you circling up with, with other moms and other women? Um, are you praying for each other and um, challenging each other and pushing each other toward God? It's so important. So important. The question we would have is who speaks the truth into your life when the lies come? Because Satan will attack you in two ways. One, he will attack your thought life. Um, He will insert, uh, I think, like a tic-tac-size thought in your head, Mm -hmm. and then it will take root, and then it will grow. Mm -hmm. And you'll think things like, um, I'm such a failure as a mom, or uh, did you see how my kid acted today? I must be a failure. Or you look at that other person on on a social media, and she seems perfect, and you're like, she is, her life is so much better than mine. I am such a loser. And, and he, will, he will attack you in those ways and make you think what is manufactured as a moment is how their whole life actually is represented. The second thing he'll do is he'll attack your spiritual life. And, and if everything in your life is important, then something will take a back seat. And what we're saying is spiritual time rooted in community 
and scripture mm-hmm. and prayer must get a seat at the table yeah. and be made a point on your calendar and in your, in your phone and must be reminding you to continually draw yourself out and be connected to the Holy Spirit, um, to the body of believers, and, t- and to walk the, um, the straight and narrow mm-hmm. with people who love you. Yeah. The human tendency is to hide. Yeah. So we like to hide. When um, Ava was younger, we went to a mall. It was a little, it was a little um, closed-down mall almost, and it had those little uh, figurines in the middle where you could, like, mm-hmm. jump on the, the animals and climb up the tree and all that kind of stuff, and, and we played hide-and-seek. And, seek. and ha- Ava went, you'll see a picture of this, she went and hid her head only underneath the tiger, but the rest of her body was showing. Like, literally, Griffin was like a year and a half old. He just stood there and looked at her like, you're, but, but our tendency is to want to hide as people. And so, and literally, that's what Eve did in the garden. Like, Eve and Adam both started to, they, they hid, right? And, and moms, you're not alone. And we want to tell you that over and over and over. We want to help you pull yourself out of isolation. Like, there are older moms who are listening to my voice, and, and you know you need to step back in to the reality of leading within this circle of, of body of believers. Mm-hmm. You need to step back in the game, and you need to lead some moms in maybe a group, or, or young women, or young moms, or young people. You need to surround yourself with, with people that are young and old and get a mix of those um, ideas and thoughts and things you've never thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, if Eve had surrounded herself, I'm convinced of this, if she had surrounded herself with a group of older and younger uh, moms, for example, let's say she had the opportunity to do, that. do you do you think literally she would have um, eaten of the fruit? They they would have told her, "Girl, run!" <laughs> right. They would not have let her done that. But but temptation allows her to be pulled um, by herself, and then it's just too easy to give into mm-hmm. uh, when you're on your own. And Satan begins to make you question, and and they would have um, been able to strengthen her. And we have a body of believers in the Bible, and we have all these tools that allow us to stay connected. We want to speak specifically this morning to a specific group of moms as well, the group that is probably the most isolated, um, and it's the single moms, because you have a unique pressure and unique problems, and so you work, and you run errands, and you get groceries, and you get everybody up and out of the house, and and you put everybody to bed, and you get everything ready for the next day, and you do it all over again, and it start to stop just crazy all the time, and Mother's Day could potentially be just another day for you. And nobody says thank you, but we want to stop and say thank you. Yes. We want to thank you for what you're doing. We want to honor you literally. In fact, if you're a single mom and Amplified Church is your home, then we want you to go uh, to Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, whichever way you're watching this uh, today. And during the service time, during the hour in which we've met, we want you just to leave your name um, in, the, in, the, in the messages it just messages, and, and you put something like praising God as a single mom or something like that in your name, and we will send you a $25 gift card to just literally take you and whoever's with you out, right, if it's just a couple of the kids. Because what will happen, um, Crystal and I, we'll go, I'll take her out to eat. We'll have a great day. The kids will, will celebrate her, and she'll get to take maybe a little bit of a break, hopefully, and, I mean, and we'll celebrate her, but possibility that the single moms will not be celebrating. We want you to know that God literally celebrates with you. Yes. And so this is not charity. Like, this is what family does. And so for within this hour, if you comment on that, we will send that to you just to say we love you and we are with you. One of the things Eve would probably tell you is don't get isolated. But the second thing is um, don't get discouraged. Right. Your kids disappoint you. Your husband will disappoint you. But you don't let that discouragement 
get to you. I've asked Crystal to read Luke chapter 13. There's a story that is told, and I want to talk to you about that for just a moment when it comes to uh, your um, disappointments. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then I'll cut it down. So the parable is being told and the idea is this. There are times where um, we plant something and it doesn't produce the fruit we want in the season that we want it. But the moral of this story, as Jesus will be telling it, is that you sometimes plant and um, God will bring to pass eventually, but maybe not in the season. So you continue to stay faithful. So it can be disappointing to plant something in the heart of a kid and not see that come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be disappointing to pray for a husband to change and not see that change yet. But the, the word would say, dig and do the hard work and pray and be patient and be faithful. And God is working and you just continue to pray and give it time and do not be discouraged. Right. And you think to yourself things like, well, I taught my kid to, to put others first, but he's so selfish. Or, mm. I taught my kids to love Jesus, but uh, she's gone to college and, and, and she's not anything close to being spiritual at this point when it comes to Jesus. I hope my husband would uh, be more family oriented or or kinder, or I hope my husband would be happy, or I wish my husband would come to church with me. And Luke chapter 13 tells you to keep praying and digging the well around that, that, that tree and just believing that God is working, and he will bring in his season the, the fruit that is to be um, seen and that you desire. Yeah. Crystal, what do you think would discourage uh, moms? What discourages and keeps you discouraged? Uh, I think that... Um if we're not careful, one of the things that can really discourage moms is comparison. Um, Comparison is the breeding ground for self-doubt, especially if we compare our downfalls and our mistakes to somebody else's highlight reel on social media or something like that. That's when comparison becomes the thief of joy and it robs us of our contentment. Amplify Moms, let us ask you this. How as a mom do you keep from getting discouraged? Amanda, we'd like to start with you. To keep from being discouraged as a mom, um, I try to remember what matters the most. And that sounds pretty simple, but um, when you really think about everyone's healthy, happy, safe, and loved, at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Um, And prayers for grace, not just for me to receive grace, but to actually be able to give it to my children as well. To keep myself from getting discouraged by the duties of motherhood, Ironically, I call my own mom. She does a great job of encouraging me and assuring me that I'm doing it right. As a mom, to keep from getting discouraged, I do a lot of praying. And I also try to remind myself that even though the days are really long, the years are very short and my kids will not be here forever. As a mom, I do not keep from getting discouraged. (laughs) But when I do get discouraged, I just reach out to my tribe of girls who love me and know me and um, build me up. Well, I hope you've enjoyed walking through the book of Acts with us over the last month. And at the end of Acts, Paul is speaking to an unbelieving crowd. And, and this is what it says in Acts 28, verse 25. 
Many disagreed with him. They began to leave after Paul had made this statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said this, that these people, when you say to them, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, but they've been closed. They would hear with their ears. They would understand with their hearts. They would turn, and they would be healed. Today, we want to pray for you moms. We're going to pray for those who have influence over next generations. Um, we want to pray this prayer because we want, first of all, God to speak, like literally to us as, as those who are influencers, to help to be obedient so that when we speak or influence, the next generation hears that, the people that God has literally given you influence over into your home. And we want to pray that God prepares your child for spiritual eyes mm. so they can see with those eyes, that, you're, that your child is prepared to hear with spiritual ears and understand with a, a spiritual heart that they can be saved and sent for God's glory. That's our prayer mm. for you. I'm going to ask Crystal to pray today um, over the mothers and just a blessing um, over our families as we live as Christ calls it. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you so much and we thank you for um, how you've spoken to our hearts today. And Lord, I just pray um, a blessing over the moms that are represented in Amplified Church. God, I pray that you would go with them and be with them, give them wisdom, Lord, to be the influencers that you've um, called them to be and that our families, Lord, would look to you and that our families um, would be used for your purposes because of the ways that we've made ourselves available to you, Jesus. Go with us today, give us a great week. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in Amplified Church. In your name I pray, amen. Amen, amen, we love you, we miss you.